is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. Now, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature and mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other brother. If you're easily offended, I strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody meeting pretty, then on with the show. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Let's put on the show. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. This After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. This After Dark is filmed nearly in front of a live audience, but most of them are half cut by now. Uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Mouse's Head. I am Paul. I'm still Nick. And I'm still the other Paul. And joining us in our little snug bar of The Mouse's Head today, uh, would you like to introduce yourself, gentlemen? You can, you can speak now. Or he could just remain very quiet in the corner. The show has got <laughs> off to a flying start. Mr. Well, Brent Dodge. And Marcel Marcel. Hey, guys, how you doing? <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, um, before the show started. Yeah, the, sh- the show has got off to a flying stop already. So there we go. Uh, no, um, welcome to the mouse's head. Gentlemen, um, what are we drinking? Oh, well, because I'm ill, um, I'm just sipping on Lenzit. Oh, this is going to be one of those shows, isn't it? Yeah, other medical drinks are available. <laughs> Mr. D. And I, I'm still on the Hobgoblin in honour of Mickey's Not So Scary. That will do. That will Cheers. Do. Oh, dear. Brent, would you like a drink? Uh, yeah, I, I'm drinking the world-famous Dasani water over here. Ah. <sighs> it, it is going to be one of those... Um, Paul, you are the only one keeping up the end. because that? I, it's going to be one of those shows where we all remain remarkably sober. Paul, you have to let your hair down. It, it should be said, I started about three hours ago. <laughs> Excellent. Well, <laughs> this is not my first. I, I kind of started a little while ago on the grounds that at the moment I've got an early flight tomorrow, so I'm on Pepsi now. But I have been bottling my homebrew and siphoning our homemade wine into its bottles most of the afternoon. And... Yeah, I think I might have to have a disaster dark competition because I don't know what I'm going to call it, but we have a mouse's head homebrew beer. Wow! So I, I'm going to need to uh, to to name it, but maybe that that might be the most original Disney podcast competition. None of this. Win a badge. Win a sticker. Win <laughs> some homebrew. Win, win nothing. Get to name a beer. Oh dear. <laughs> if they um, do want to do that, yeah, carry on. No, I was going to say. Brent, um, for those that don't know who you are, um, please tell our audience. I'm sure people know who you are, but in case they don't, who are you? Well, I I am a, um, an author of two different Disney books, 
and I also run a website. My books are uh, from screen to theme and a closer look at the Magic Kingdom's Fantasyland. And uh, we've got a published author on the show. Yeah. Uh, and where do we find both these books? Uh, you can either get it from my website or from things like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, different websites like that. Excellent. excellent. We'll, we'll have to find out a bit more about those books, but uh, we'll, we'll carry on. If they do want to get in contact with us, how do yes, they do that? Uh, they can visit our website at www.disasterdark.com or they can email us at podcast at disasterdark.com. Okay. And, and they can find us on Twitter at disasterdark or facebook.com forward slash disasterdark. Instagram, Pinterest, Vine, and more importantly, micechat.com. Mm-hmm. Where the show, yeah, in in my day, and um, we'll put some stuff up there occasionally, and you can talk to us and uh, comment on our shows if you feel the urge. But you don't have to. So right, that's that's that. Brent, when did you write your first Disney book? Uh the first book came out back in two thousand nine, but it took about two to three years to write. Oh, yeah. Two to three, two to three years. I mean, give us an idea of the first book. You said from screen to theme. Um, most of our listeners uh, aren't just listeners of our podcast. You know, as Nick says, other podcasts do exist. Um, so most people have probably heard you, but for our for our Virgin listeners, what's, um, what, what, what's the what's the original book about, and what's the new one about? Uh, the, the first one was about the different animated film references found throughout the parks. So everywhere from um, you know, uh, Magic Kingdom to any of the resorts. And then the second one is just, it focuses solely on Fantasyland. It talks all about the history, fun facts, uh, the storyline, every little detail in Fantasyland. It goes into major depth about everything. This is something you've obviously done a lot of research on. Is, is, yes. Is, I mean, how, how much research goes into a book on, yeah, say, solely Fantasyland to start with? Um, I mean, it, I've talked to pretty much every cast member that works in Fantasyland. I've talked to the Disney archives about different things. Um, I spend, I mean, I live literally five minutes away from Disney property. So I, I spent a lot of time in Fantasyland throughout the course of about three, four months, just focusing solely on that. How, how long did it, how long has this one taken you? This one was a little quicker. This one took about nine months, probably. So you, by the time so by the time you started it, uh, the new Fantasyland expansion was well underway. Yeah, I, I started working on the writing process about a month before New Fantasyland began. That, I, I can imagine that would have been one of those real sort of facepalm moments. Is you spend all that research on a Fantasyland, and then they go and add more to it. But uh, at least you got there. What exactly? What 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 is it about Fantasyland? You know, it's it's always been my favorite land, and I actually did the Walt Disney World College program about ten years ago, and I actually worked in Fantasyland, so it's always been kind of um, you know my favorite area in all the Disney parks. So, um, but I am I'm doing a continuing series. I actually just started working on a Liberty Square book just the other day. I started writing that. And, and do you constant? Are you talking solely about a Walt Disney World, Magic Kingdom, Fantasyland, yes. or? Have you also then... Yeah, this one's just all about Magic Kingdom Fantasy. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, you say you're looking at the Liberty Square Riverboat. 
Yep, we're just going to kind of go land by land as time goes on. So you're going to go right through Walt Disney World then, Brad? That's the, that's the plan. Right. Oh, it's, a, it's a man with all... I noticed from the... Uh, when, when I looked at the link on Amazon, uh, not only is it authored by a Brent Dodge, but you, you've kind of kept it in the family. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's, it's either a weird coincidence or, you, or your editor and your graphic artist. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um... For for my first book, when you're writing your first book, it's just kind of you get overly paranoid that if you give it to an editor, that person's gonna steal your idea or you know give it to someone else. And I was I was terrified. I was like, oh, this you know this is, I've been working yeah. on it for so long. And I thought, who is the most nitpicky person I know in the world? And it was my big brother. So <laughs> I sent I sent the uh, the book to him. I said, you know, would you like to edit this? He, you know, he took up the option. He said, all I want is, you know, so many free books for it. So I said, you're hired. And then for the, uh, the, the second book, I was walking through the park one day and I sent the uh, picture of New Fantasyland to my brother. And he, he, he loves to draw. Yeah. And so he said, oh, he goes, he goes, I want to draw that. And I said, would you like to draw the cover of the book? And he said, okay. And I asked him what he wanted. He's, he's not a very picky person, but he loves sorcerers of the magic kingdom. (laughs) So he said, as long as you can get me like the rare sorcerers of the magic kingdom cards, I'm good. And I said, okay, it's a deal. (laughs) That was making simple. Yeah. So how, how much hunting for that card did you have to do then? Or you're there that often that you just pick up cards. (laughs) I'm there that often that I just pick up the cards. So it was not, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it was a it was a steal for me. Yeah, when, when, they, when they say rare, for someone who's there that regularly, I guess rare is uh, is relative. Exactly. <laughs> so, so Brent, just um, just looking at the, the first book, um, obviously it's all about the references um, between um, the films to the parks. Have you got a and I mean obviously there's there's hundreds of things, but have you got a particular favourite? You say. Um. Oh man, that's a tough one. I would say my favorite one is the one that kind of started it all. I was watching the parade, the uh, three o'clock parade at the Magic Kingdom, and I was on the float with the genie, and it's got Aladdin up at the top. There is Bernard and Bianca from the Rescuers um, down at the very bottom of the float, and I saw them. And I was like, "Where on earth?" You know, like I I never had noticed that detail before. And I I started to think like. Where else can you find these different references to obscure movies throughout the parks? And the whole idea just kind of took off from there. So that, that one's always been kind of my favorite. So, I mean, have you ever been able to find next? Because, I mean, that's quite an unusual one. Um, so have you ever been able to find a reason why Bernard and Bianca were on that Aladdin float? Um, you know, after doing some research for the thing, that whole float is all about flight so you've got the genie you've got the carpet on the back you've got mary poppins um and then there's dumbo and Winnie who's got his balloon there and um bernard and bianca are there mainly due to the fact that they flew on a bird in each of their films so they, they just kind of fall into the whole idea of flight yeah okay i mean once you th- once you look at it like that it goes from something that sounds like it doesn't make any sense at all to going well yes of course that makes complete and utter sense so yeah why not yeah it is, it's a very weird detail but yeah it's you know it's a cool detail so do, i mean do you reckon that there is a sem- something from every film or are there still films that 
you haven't found yet? Um, for the for this this first one, I've actually been working on a second one for quite a while too, just focusing on live action films in the parks. Yeah. And for the first one, um, there was no reference to two films. I, I can't think what the second film was, but for sure the Black Cauldron was not represented. No. Oh. Yeah, and which was interesting because back in the 1980s when the Black Cauldron came out, um, you know where like Mrs. Potts Cupboard is today yeah. over in Fantasyland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that that used to be Mun- or uh, Gurgi, who's the character in the film, Gurgi's Munchies and Crunchies. And people actually could get a Gurgi lunchbox with characters from the film on there. And that was actually the only place in Disney World that actually had a Happy Meal. <laughs> but unfortunately, we got Gurgi and the Black Cauldron reference. Not a very happy film, of course. Not, not a very happy film, but a happy meal. <laughs> it's quite it's quite funny, actually, because um, on, on TV in, in the UK today, we had The Fox and the Hound on Channel 5. Um those that might want to catch up, I don't know. Um, but obviously, that was around about the same time that um, it was before the uh, Renaissance that Disney got towards the, the late 80s. Um, and you had the Fox and the Hound, which didn't do very well. Um, and then that was obviously I'll followed by the Black Cauldron. And that was, yeah, you had, the, um, you had Fox and the Hound, the Black Cauldron, uh, the Great Mouse Detective, or Basil, the Great Mouse Detective, as it's known over here. Um, and Oliver and Company were the, the kind of in-between success films. Um, but out of those, the one that's really kind of been um, held back a lot is The Black Cauldron. And I was actually reading about it before the show tonight, funny enough, about, um, you know, how troubled it was. And there's like 12 minutes of film that have been removed and no one's ever seen since. And uh, it talk about whether or not Disney will ever allow um, that film to be seen uncensored and it looks very unlikely because I think it was actually quite scary and graphic what they cut out so it's uh, I'm not surprised there's not many references to it in the park even hidden to be honest but um, it's a shame that you know a, a film like that from a company like Disney has been kind of um, kept in the darkness for as long as it has yeah, yeah. Oh, so it was the scare factor was it that um, got it censored yeah, pre- yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, they they reckon if it came out as was intended, it would have been a PG thirteen, which would have been uncalled for for Disney yeah. cartoon. Um, and in the end, it was the first PG rated Disney film. I think possibly the only Disney rated PG film they've ever released. Um, I just think the the whole kind of idea of it was it was aimed at a slightly different audience to what Disney would normally aim for, and um, was a bit misguided, really, and yeah. um, it was a shame. You know, it could have gone the same way as Night Before Christmas or something, you know, released by Touchstone and, you know, just not been a Disney release, but it wasn't, and um, now we'll never see it. But we've, we've gone off topic, so sorry. Yeah. Let's the shit back onto God. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the new book, um, Fantasyland, can you give us, give us a brief hint? What are some of the facts you've found? Um, some of my favorite facts are things like the you know a lot of people know about the the coat of arms that's on the castle representing the disney family um but one of the things a lot of people don't know about is the clock on the front of the castle um if you look at the numbers four the number four is i mean everything all the numbers are roman numerals 
But the number four is I-I-I-I instead of I-V, which most people know for the Roman numerals today. Standard watchmaker's four, yeah. Yeah, and so and the reason that was was because at that point of the, you know, 17th century's castles, all fours in Roman numerals would be four I's instead of I-V. And if the castle was taking place in the 20th century, then they would have an I-V castle instead of, you know, four I's. Really? I mean, if you look at some of the really nice, expensive Rolexes, the proper watchmaker's four is that four eyes. The four eyes, yeah. Yeah, it's it's and, if you buy a cheap Seconda thing, he says, dissing <laughs> Seconda owners. Um, yeah, you'll find most of them are the the IVs, but yeah, the proper watchmakers. I, I I've never really looked up at the clock to actually find that. Ah. Yeah, that's, that's actually yeah, so I, there's, I spent a good deal of time on the castle here. Um, we talk about the the Cinderella Castle suite quite a bit. Um, I've been in there, so I kind of you know have the whole little stories and the history behind that and what to look for in case people ever actually get a chance to go in there. Did you get in there under the umbrella of research? Is that no? That unfortunately, works? I actually did that one as part of a D23 event back in 2009. All right. Yeah. So, how's the book doing? So far, very good, actually. I, I've been very surprised. It's been up there on uh, the Kindle sales almost every single day. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, that's that one done, and you're working on the next one. So, fantastic. Yep. When do you think on the next one's going to come up, Brent? I'm sorry. What was that? When do you think the next one's going to come out? Um, I'm hoping it's going to be sooner. I'm thinking maybe early of 2014. Now that I kind of have the idea of how to structure these things a little bit better, it should go a lot quicker. <laughs> Is it all research, or do you uh, do you have another job in the meantime? Um, it's mainly research right now. I, I do some you know part time jobs here and there to you know bring in more money. <laughs> you do what you have to do. Pay for the annual, exactly. pay for the annual pass and all that. <laughs> Which I'm I'm, I'm I'm sure. How long have you been an annual pass member? Um, since 2008 or 2009. I, I was kind of, I was even expecting earlier than that, but then I thought you, you said you, you said you were college program. So how long did you spend in fact working? I, I did a full year. I was January 2004 to two, January 2005. Yeah, but then I actually moved back up to my home back in Wisconsin and then uh, finished up school and everything else. And then a few years later, I decided... I didn't like Wisconsin as much as I like being around Disney, so. Wisconsin. Made the move. Wisconsin yeah. isn't quite Florida, is it? No. <laughs> I think you can carry on there. I don't think we have any listeners from Wisconsin. Hmm. Where is no. it? Where is it? It's somewhere in the middle, isn't it? North, north. north of Chicago. It's in the middle towards the, uh, the northern part of the country. Up, up top, nearly Canada. Yeah, you, like it's uh, right next to the Great Lakes. There you go. My, my American geography is is almost as bad as um, <laughs> stereotyping most Americans' British geography, I suppose. Well, yeah, my, my, I I cannot tell you anything about the UK whatsoever. So <laughs> we lived in Wisconsin. We lived in Wisconsin for two years. You, uh, more stuff about Mr. D comes out that we have no clue. <laughs> lived in Appleton, Wisconsin. No, really. Wait. Yep. We did you really? Yeah. 
it's just this stuff just comes out of him, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we should squeeze him more often. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Don't um, squeeze me right now. I'm full of hobgoblin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall, we, shall we shall we carry on with what the listeners actually expect? Um, oh, okay then. Has anyone actually got any news? Let's let's do this bit. A view of the news with this after dark. <sighs> right. Okay. What news have we has come out of the world of Disney? Some really right. important, crucial stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This this show is all about beverages. It is. And there's some new soda flavours coming to Club Cool in Epcot. There are. It doesn't get any bigger than that. No, no, no. But before, before, I'm sure Mr. Dolan has a list there. Before we go any further, this let's just stress that one thing that has been confirmed: mm-hmm. Beverly is staying. Thank God for that. Yeah. I broke, I broke into a sweat when I heard they were changing the flavours. Abs- absolutely, I was the same. I was exactly <laughs> the same. So I just, I thought if we get that out there now. That's going to stop people, you know, continuing to sweat for the next two minutes or so. Miss Dunning, carry on. I, uh, I, I actually <laughs> got to taste all the, uh, the beverages today. You did, did you? I, I did go over there. Um, did you have a favorite of the new ones? Not not really, honestly. I really liked the old China one, the one that was like watermelon-y. Yeah. Um, and they got rid of that one. So. Oh. Um, th- there's another watermelon one there, but it's it's too carbonated. I don't like it as much. That's melon frosty, Fanta melon, melon frosty from Thailand. That's it. Which, That's which, having been to Thailand last year, I didn't see anywhere. No. But then the same thing can be said. I don't know anywhere in the world, and I can't find any reference to anywhere you can buy it, Beverly. <laughs> I didn't um, see I- it. It, think... it doesn't actually exist. I'm sure it's a made-up drink for the purpose of making people gag. It's, um, <laughs> I mean, I think, I'm sure it's an Italy Beverly, but I think it's wrong. Yeah. No, no, it is. Alleged, yeah. Allegedly so. doesn't <laughs> yeah. exist. Can't did find go... it anywhere in Italy. Uh, did you go to McDonald's? <laughs> did you go to McDonald's? Perhaps that'll be it. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean... Paul, do you, you want to uh, reveal what's gone, what's uh, what's yeah. changed? Sure. So you've got Fanta Pineapple. Um, you've got Vegeta Beta, which is currently available. So I think that one's staying. That's a Japanese one. Uh, Fanta Melon Frosty, we've talked about. That's Thailand. Uh, Bebo, so not the social networking site. Um... That's, uh, let's see, from South Africa. Uh, then you've got Sparberry, a raspberry-flavoured cream soda, uh, which is an African drink. You've got... Because raspberries go- and cream soda are massive in Africa. Well, they must be, yeah. <laughs> it's all that <laughs> colonial influence yeah. from the past. <laughs> yeah, in the same way that sweaty gym socks are really popular to drink in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there you've got uh, Gurana Kuat. Thank God I didn't pronounce, mispronounce that one. Uh, <laughs> and it's made from the Gurana berry. Of course it is. Um, it's a Brazilian drink. And the word Gurana comes from... Oh, no, forget that. Uh, Inca Cola, known as the Taste of Peru. Um, and then you've got Beverly, which is which is going to stay. 
So the ones that are leaving Club Cool then are Smart Watermelon, Kinley Lemon, Fanta Colita, Lift Apple, Mezzo Drink or Mezzo Mix, and Crest Ginger Ale. Damn, I like the Crest Ginger Ale. And Mezzo Mix, I know, actually does exist because they have it in uh, in a few of the canteens that I've been to in Germany. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 odd. I mean, one good thing about um, about that um, cool station is the Beverly. Now, I mean, we're not being paid to say Beverly. Um, of course, other drinks are oh, available. Yeah. But um... <laughs> well, I, I'll argue that one. Other drinks are available. Just Beverly actually isn't. <laughs> I'll stick my guns on that one. Maybe we, maybe we should try and get sponsorship from Beverly to see if it does exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, one of my favourite things to do around Epcot um, is is kind of stand in in the pavilion kind of uh, area, um, and and but but not too close to the actual drink station, and just watch for when people try it for the first time. Because I've never witnessed anyone drink Beverly and go, ooh, that's nice. <laughs> it's always that look of disgust, isn't it? That's, that's amazing. Um, speaking of which, I, I don't know if anyone has um, a favourite kind of weird drink. Um, like Either like weirdly named or weirdly flavoured. But I've always been interested in this one. It's a Japanese drink. And it's it's not owned, uh, as far as I'm aware, by the Coca-Cola company, which is why you'll never see it at the cool station. But it's called Picari Sweat. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I seem to remember... There was a lot of it in Hong Kong as well. Yeah. And I, Yeah, I, it looked just like water. Yeah, it's um, it's it's kind of um, like um, an ion-based iron drink. It's yeah. kind of the, the isotonic kind of thing you'd probably take after uh, a sports uh, event, which I suppose is probably where the sweat name comes from. Yeah, of the course, least, least unappealing name for a drink. Ever. Yeah, yeah, Bakari sweat, clearly. I mean, you, don't, you just don't want to drink a can of sweat, do you? <laughs> um, well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been around since the 1980s. It's been around for quite a long time. But um, yeah. I, I, no one, no one talks about Picari sweat enough. So I want no, to make sure that we did. Basically. They should bring out a special edition for Christmas chocolate sweat. You know, just like like Bailey's. Oh, oh <laughs> meat sweat. Oh, could you make it into a weird cocktail and have some sort of Beverly sweat? Yeah, I'm sure there's a way. Sure there's a way. <laughs> he did actually live in a place called Beverly as well. You know. That's North Yorkshire, spelled a little bit differently. Extra E. Now, I, I heard Brent say something then. I'm going to repeat what I think he said. And if he didn't say it, say it. said, all this sounds delicious. Oh, you know, I, you know, I thought you said. Be- oh, oh, that was. I, I thought you said, Beverlicious. Beverlicious. <laughs> Which I think I'm going to try and make uh, a popular phrase in the English language. <laughs> you're, 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 yeah, you're either going to hashtag it or Nicole Scherzinger is going to start using it. I, I'm going to see I if think... I can get it tattooed on someone's arm. <laughs> I, I think I'm just going to walk around the uh, club cool station tomorrow just saying Beverlicious over and over every time someone drinks it. <laughs> you know what we should do? But... Brent, actually, if you, if you go up there and just fill up a few cups with Beverly and just stand next to the machine as people walk up, just go, try this, it's Beverlicious. <laughs> that could work. <laughs> 
that, that, that's how I'm going to spend my Monday. Yeah. Security, <laughs> we've got a code first? 19. <laughs> Somebody's got Beverly again. Oh, um, right, there, there was quite, I mean, you know, obviously this show's been really fun so far. Well, I hope it's been fun. It's been fun for us. Um, but there was some serious news that came out this week um, from Disneyland Paris, which was um, a young five-year-old boy um, had an accident on parts of the Caribbean um, and was, was fighting for life at the time. Now, as far as I can, I can tell, since that initial report came out, he has come out of that stage. So he's now in a stable condition. Um, but I've not been able to find anything uh, about what's happened since. Uh, but basically, um, the, the child was uh, apparently getting off the ride at the end of, of Pirates and um, for whatever reason, didn't get off the boat properly um, and ended up kind of involved in the next, with the next boat coming into a docking bay and getting trapped underneath the boat for a few minutes. And, uh, you know, luckily the, the, the crew there were able to um, help the boy get out from underneath the boat and, and everything. But um, yeah, it sound, sounds quite bad. Um, obviously, it's been all over the internet on forums and social network and everything like that um you know a, a lot of people saying it must be the parents fault and other people saying you know disney aren't looking after the things properly i i think you know and we can only go from the news that's come out about it it just sounds like it's one of those unfortunate accidents i don't think it's it's really anyone's fault um i wouldn't say there's a particularly big gap between the boats and the loading platforms on no, pirates. I don't remember there being one. No, no. It just seems to be like a very small area to to negotiate, so I'm not sure exactly how it happened. Uh, yeah. um, and and but, last I mean last time I was there the, the cast were the cast members were pretty hot on kids <laughs> sit in the middle. Yeah. So at least one of the parents must have been off first. That's it. Well, I mean, it says it, it, says it was there with his, with his father, so it, it may have just been a yeah. case of the two of them yeah. uh, there anyway. And I mean, the thing is, with, with that kind of attraction, that that kind of rule of thumb is always good if there's three of you. Yeah. But if there's only two of you, then obviously that, that wouldn't work out either. Um, you know, I, I don't think, I just think it's one of those unfortunate things. The child probably just missed his footing as he was getting out of the boat. Um, whether he's being helped off or not, I don't know. Um, I just got trapped underneath. But, you know, I don't think there's any point in blaming the parents or blaming Disney. It's just, it just seems like it's one of those things. It's just really unfortunate. But um, the ride was obviously closed once the incident happened, which they, they have to do um, when an incident like this happens to investigate, you know, if there was a fault or anything like that. Um, it's, it's, it looks like it's reopened now, so it looks like there was no major problems. Um, but yeah, just just a bit of sad news there, really. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he recovers. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the, the one thing that people, I I read some shocking stories this week, were, well, from comments of people talking uh, about the accident, in that because it was half term, the British half term uh, last last week, um, and um, obviously a lot of kids were over the park, and apparently the things that people saw outs letting their kids do um i don't think this is the same you know i think as i said this was purely an accident but i mean i've got to be honest even when i was um out there a week before and i think it was a french half turn then 
um, you know, it, it does amaze me the level that uh, parents will let their kids kind of run amok in a park because it's a theme park. Um, and you, know, you, you can't. Do you know what I mean? I know it's Disney and it's supposed to be a really safe place, nothing like that. But just because you're in a theme park does not mean you get carte blanche to let your children just run around uh, and do what they want to do with no supervision. Because, you know, kids will be able to swing themselves almost in a padded room. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you've got to have a level of responsibility there. But, you know, <sighs> not so. I know. Tragic. I'm um, glad the kids are getting better. But, yeah, until we, yeah, we won't get a full breakdown of it, there'll just be a report filed somewhere. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, these things happen. Mm. Um,. I was going to line things up again even more now by, uh, uh, if anyone's planning on going to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, uh, uh, it's uh, it's sold out on opening night now. Wow. Completely sold out, November the 8th. So, yeah. Tough luck. Nothing it's quite crazy. Automatic. I know, I know. He's ticketed. Although, I think next time we're out there, it will be my first time of going to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I know, I know. Yeah. Dig out the costume for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what to go to. I'm not allowed to wear a mask, so I can't put me back yeah. in the outfit. No, goes, no goes, mask. Goes a, goes a DC character. <laughs> they will love that. I, I may go as Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many Harry Potters this year, and uh, really? the little minions from Despicable Me is insane. Oh, damn, there's no such thing as an original idea anymore. No, no. I, went, I went as a Universal um, Planet logo. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, but somebody please do that. Yeah, I, I think yeah, we've got the right guest in the park to do that because I, I have seen some pictures and heard some interviews in podcasts. With uh, with Brent dressed up yeah. in some strange costume. Yeah, th- this, this year I went as Thorin. It's awesome. So I, that again? I, I was Thorin this year, and then uh, last year I was a Toy Story Midway Mania vehicle. Uh, <laughs> the year before that I went as Herbie the Love Bug, and the year before that I went as a Fast Pass. Brent, Brent, I heard you got your golf ball pinched this year. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what? We 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 thought it was stolen, and the entire night we're looking for the golf ball. We were sure it was these two little kids that were playing with it. We found yep. it the next day. It fell off, and it felt like my little bag that was hanging down. So we were we were blaming these two kids all night long. I was like, oh, I can't stand those kids. I can't believe they stole my golf ball. So for for people who don't know what that looks like, could you describe your soaring costume? Yeah, so what I did was it was three boxes, and they were they were all wrapped up in um, a silver, uh, like, uh, wrapping paper. And I had it so I had a pair of jeans that were hanging out in front of me coming from my belly. So it's look, hanging over a, another little box, so it looked like my legs are literally hanging there. And then I had a little flap above me, and I had a golf ball hanging in front of me, and I had a pair of Mickey Mouse ears in the compartment below me for these little beauties. Um, and then on the back, I had a little safety logo uh, showing, you know, make sure you hold hands, no dance. 
Mm. If um, I, I need to see, I need to. It's great a description of it, but I need to see some some pictures, Brent. So if you could please tweet some, or uh, you know, let's just in some way some pictures. That'd be great. I, I, I will send you the picture right now, actually. Oh, I'll put it in our little Facebook thing there. Cool. <laughs> um, by the way, don't don't look for that, um, listeners, because you won't see that. Um, <laughs> I've got to say, talking about unusual, you know, like you said, there's no original ideas left. Um, but anybody that follows me on Twitter, um, at the Nick Soap Dish, for those that want to, um, somebody tweeted a picture, which I then retweeted myself, of somebody in the most original fantasy dress costume I've seen in a long time. It was somebody dressed up as the final person in the opening title sequence to Cheers. I saw that too. That was amazing. And what was so good about it as well is the fact that this person was obviously dressed up as an, an old-fashioned gentleman, um, but he ha- was holding a piece of clear plastic with um, the like produced by name of the people that produce the show because that was what was in front of the character on screen <laughs> so it's it's ridiculously amazing and anyone that wants to see it as they just follow me on twitter have a look and uh, you'll see you'll see it reposted uh, by me a few days ago um that was an original costume but brent sound uh, out of this world yeah good work yeah, the, 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 the best part about uh my costumes each year is i always go to uh, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor because they always call they always like pick on the people with the costumes. So um, they sat there and they were trying to figure out what I was on the screen. It had the you know me and then it had a bunch of question marks underneath. And then all of a sudden this one lady yells out, "He's Soren!" And then all of a sudden it came back up saying, "Great job." <laughs> That's one way to make sure you are almost that guy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and and the picture is posted now for you guys too. Oh, excellent. That that is, that is <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that. That costume is something else. Oh, uh, well, and actually, the, the best part of the costume I forgot to tell you was um, every time someone actually figured out I was sore, and I actually had a can of orange smell with me, and I would spray it in their face. <laughs> That's superb. I, I can imagine there are some times when. Walking around Epcot with that, you would have got punched. Oh, probably. Marvellous. That's an amazing costume. Well done, sir. Well yeah. done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, moving swiftly along, anyway. Um, it's normally this time of the show where I, I, I start with this bit, and uh, we go into the cool wall. But, dear listener, um, unfortunately... That, those those nasty meanies over at the Disney Brit broke into the mouse's head the other week and have burnt down our cool wall. It's shocking. And they've tossed their own one as well. That's terrible. It's terrible. Terrible. Oh. So uh, we, we, we've struggled and we've fought and uh, we, we've had to come up with something else. So uh, as, as our saying goes, the podcast is nearly the same as all the others. There are many, many other podcasts out there that have a, um, I think in the, I think the Americans they call it ladders, don't they, or championships. Um, we're going to have the uh, the championships uh, as a pub football game. So we haven't really th- put too much thought into this. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going with it, and if it doesn't work, we won't do it next show. <laughs> but what I'm going to give you, I'm going to give Nick and Paul. I'm going to give you each one 
ride, attraction, whatever, show, whatever. And it's your job to extol its virtues for one minute. And I will choose the winner from the end of that one minute. The rules are, you cannot for that one minute hesitate, repeat yourself, veer off topic. If you do, the opposition score a point. I'm out already then. Yeah, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so hang I, on, have we got just a minute? We, we have just a minute to do this in, yes. Yes. Oh, okay. That's that's interesting. <laughs> if at the end of it we have uh, an identical score, then we'll figure out what we do after that. Go to a penalty shootout or something. Who's up for going first? I'd say age before beauty, but uh, that's that's cruel. Mm. I don't mind uh, taking one for the team. I, 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 have I got a coin on me? I'll tell you what. I've got the Hang two. Hang on a second. You're going to do a coin I'm going to do a coin flip on a podcast. On the right. radio, yeah. nothing, nothing what's better than that. Uh, <laughs> let's play another interesting game. Um, let's play I Spy <laughs> on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Very successful. I've tried writing a little program that comes up with a random jingle of heads or tails either time, but it doesn't work. So it'll either just be all heads all the time. <laughs> all the tails. Yeah. yeah like, you'll, you'll, you'll just have to trust me on this one. I'll give you the choice, though, Nick. Heads or tails? Tails. At tails, it is. All oh, right. You're... <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I, I elect to go second. Thank you very much. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, okay, I'll be taking one for the team, then. Mr. D. <laughs> Bring it on. You have one minute to talk about, without repetition without veering off topic, uh, without pausing too much, uh, or anything else that falls under that that we came about, about Rock and Roller Coaster. Go. Ah, Rock and Roller Coaster. This is a ride I like. So what type of ride is it? Well, it's in the dark, so you could say it's a dark ride, but it is a roller coaster as well. And it's not really like anything else in Disney World. So what's the theme? Well... It's themed around Aerosmith. Um, you have a pre-show, and the pre-show takes place in a recording studio, and there's a movie, and it's pretty funny. And then when the pre-show's finished, you move through into a themed area, which is like a, a back alley area, and then you get on this roller coaster, which has got a fantastic start. It takes off like crazy. You go through some loops, some inversions, and the idea is that you're trying to get across town and get to this concert. Now, where is this ride? Well, it's in Disney's Hollywood studio. Um, it's at the back of the park, quite near the Tower of Terror. And who's it suitable for? Well, it's suitable for anybody who likes thrill rides. It's not really suitable for little kids or people of a nervous disposition who have back injuries. And I reckon that's about my minute up because I've got a stopwatch here as well, Paul. Oh, <laughs> I, I think you did pretty well then. Did anyone I, notice any repetitions? I was only going to do one interruption. You should have done. Right, no, the, and the reason why, uh, it, it, Paul went too quick, otherwise I would have done. And that was when he said that a pre-show was funny. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, that, at, its, at itself, that's quite tenuous. It's because it's, it's not particularly funny. But, uh, I mean, otherwise I couldn't, I couldn't interrupt there for love nor money. I thought you did very well. Oh, that, that, that's a good... Uh, yeah, what, what do we do? You didn't get a point there. 
You, you, no, Paul, Paul gets a point. Yeah, you, that's a that's a good, a good good score there. Very good. <sighs> this is good. This is meant to last longer than just the two minutes. <laughs> uh, that's what she said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you. Ah, thank you. Oh, there we go. There we go. In which case, uh, right, Nick. Listen, if we give Brent one for Fantasyland, we could be here a while. <laughs> the guy's written. The guy's written a book on it for goodness' sakes. Yeah. Uh, I, I got the book next to me. I'll just read right from it. <laughs> okay, Nick. You have one minute on the Animal Kingdom Safari. Go. The Animal Kingdom Safari, well, um, it does a bit of what it says on the team. It's an Animal Kingdom and it's a safari. Uh, you get on a buggy, which then goes around a, a fake Serana. Uh, I believe that's how it's pronounced. And you get to see many animals. Now, sometimes you do get to see many animals. Other times... Oh, repetition. So Too many animals there. Keep going. Keep going? <laughs> you're supposed to interject. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm, I'm not doing the exact, because the whole the whole just a minute thing is copyrighted. Brilliant. Yeah, okay, I'm just well, animals you can see are giraffes, um, rhinos, hippos... Um, and many other animals you see in an African savannah. Um, and uh, it's not everyone's favourite ride. Sometimes people find it a bit boring. They say it's not very entertaining or interesting, and they're probably right. Um, it is going to be now available at night um, when uh, Avatar Land expands and things like that. Um, I would recommend going on it at least once. Sometimes the queue for the ride are ridiculously long. Um, and I can't say so I'd go on every trip um, I like some of our guests but it's not too bad <laughs> does this work? <laughs> I'll have to we'll find out in the feedback I think in a few weeks yeah a couple of one star reviews yeah <laughs> <laughs> to be fair I mean that's I was thinking of all the things that I probably could talk for minutes about um, that is definitely not one of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 this isn't this isn't rigged at all. I almost I almost buzzed you when you said you see many animals, but then you did correct yourself there. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you don't see many animals. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's, it, it can be uh, it can be either either or. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, dear oh dear. But I think I think what we need um, is some kind of buzzer function. Rather than shouting out, because shouting out, I think it's the Britishness in me. But <laughs> you don't want to shout. Out I'm not interrupting. Sounds a bit rude. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> uh, I think we all know each other well enough to shout, though. <laughs> we do. <laughs> oh, dear, oh dear. What... Should we give? Should we give Brent a go? Yeah, Brent, if you'd like a go, you know, be our guest. Yeah, yeah. Try the great stuff. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. Which, I've which, asked which, the dishes. Which, yeah. Which, which... <laughs> <laughs> okay, does anyone want to throw something at Brent and I'm not using Fantasyland? We've got to pick something really obscure then, haven't we? Someone come up with something. Um... Okay, how about Autopia? Oh, good choice. Yes. Top choice. Ready? Steady? Go. So Autopia is a ride over at Disney. 
Disneyland's Tomorrowland. There are four different lanes that you can go in there. When the ride first opened up, all the bumpers were actually made out of the metal of the future, which was aluminum. By the end of the first day, there's actually only two cars that were still running by the end of the first day. You can go through rocky roads, through dust alleys, through actual racetracks, and pass different statues along the way. You can find a little mouse crossing symbol that goes underneath, and you will pass by the Matterhorn and the Monorail and pass the 20,000 Legion Sea or Finding Nemo now it is. Uh, it originally was two different attractions, the Autopia and Mini Autopia for the Little Riders. Well, that's, that's your Mini Gone. And uh, I think it just proves something. Was that a minute? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a minute. I, oh, I wait, think, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Brent's going to lose a point there. Because he, he pronounced aluminium the wrong. The metal of the future was aluminium. Yeah, and he, everybody knows yeah. it's aluminium. Yeah, we're, we're docking a point for pronouncing aluminium wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Brent. But I want to recount. To be, to be fair, they are they are correct. You do pronounce that wrong, and you can't spell colour to save your life. So. <laughs> I, I will put a U in the word colour just for you guys if I get my point back. <laughs> oh, dear. I, judge is cool there, I think, uh, but I am going to give it to Rock and Roller Coaster. Yay. It was a very strong minute, a very strong minute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to have to decide... We, we might have to come up with some way of interrupting. Here, listen to this. Listen. There we go. It's a rock and roller coaster reference. <laughs> was, it, was it the brakes coming on? That was the wet thumb. <laughs> At the end of the pre-show. <laughs> oh, dear. Somebody grab my Les Paul. <coughs> well, which one do you want? I've got two of them in the lounge. Anyone. You can, you can have the black one or the cherry red one the black one. I really must get myself a sunburst. And there are a few people in the world who might know what I'm talking about. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear, dear. Anyway, yeah, that's enough of that. The, the Rock and Roller Coaster moves on to the next round. Excellent. Uh, and, and next week, maybe something completely different, depending <laughs> on the feedback we get from this one. Nothing <laughs> else may come from this. Got to do something about that countdown music. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, poor Brent is probably thinking, what's that noise in the background? What the hell is yeah. going on? Well, that noise, that, actually, game. that noise in the background is uh, is the pub singer. Yes, he's back. Making his way into the bar, microphone in hand. Um, so, if anyone needs to take a bathroom <laughs> break or go to the bar and get another bit, now is the time to do it. Shall um, I just say, like, I mean, I, I just assumed after his duet, um, that would be it because I mean I can't say how you can improve on perfection. Yeah. Um, next week, pub singer with Lady Gaga. I said improve on perfection, not worsen it. <laughs> uh, I don't know with the Sherman Brothers. Oh. Pub I singers, t- pub singers wearing a meat suit. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him. It's the kind of thing he'd wear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slightly sparkly and a bit Elvis-like. But, pub singer, take it away. Oh, 
Thank you for that. You, you can you can go now. John Merrick oh, um, sings the hits. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what he does as a sideline. You know, I mean, he'd be a great window cleaner. Yeah. I'd employ him. Yeah. I'd employ him. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I think he's um I think he's a tannoy announcer for London Underground. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I can clearly understand what he says. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, so I did, he's, he's I did too qualified for that. I'll, I'll, I'll put it. I'll have to put his next show through some like reverb and feedback or something. <laughs> uh, Nick, yes. have you got anything you need to get off your chest this week? Uh, well, of of sense, yeah, of sorts. Even. In that case, you're up. It's soap dishes. I'll kind of I'll kind of combine it with another thing as well because um, as I said on last show I was going to Disneyland Paris and uh, a great time was had I must say um, I went from Ebbsfleet which is uh, a Eurostar terminal uh, based in Kent Ebbsfleet International Ebbsfleet International itself Just and true. I've got to say I've been using Eurostar to get to Disneyland Paris since 1995. Um, which I think is when it launched anyway. Um, and I've always gone from London because um, it, it's nearish by. But to be honest, Kent was always nearer. Um, but it didn't go from Mel Street at the time. So we always went to London. This time, because we had a small baby, we did. And I've got to say, they were amazing. All the staff were brilliant. Um, and just, just everything was so easy. I got to Disneyland Paris from the train station um, in just over two hours. Amazing. Um, first class service. I, I recommend if anyone wants to go, that's the way to go. Um, anyway, had a lovely time in the park. The weather was mostly good, mostly dry. Um, does anyone want to guess? Now, obviously, I said it was the first time I was going with my daughter, Alice, who uh, I've been corrected. She's only five and a half months. She's not near seven months, like I said in the last podcast. And I did get told off in a car for that the other day. But does anyone want to guess how many attractions I went on on this trip? Um, with Alice? Uh, well, just in general. With her, without her, you know. Are we counting sitting on the side of a road watching a parade as an attraction? No. In that case, I don't reckon you went on any. Okay. Mr. Dolan? Um, no, some. Um, I'll say four. Four? Okay, good. Brent? I'm going to say five. Oh, too kind, sir. Um, two is the actual answer. Um, we went on It's a Small World, which is why it was quite active. The pub singer was uh, also on there as well. Um, and also we went around Alice's Curious Labyrinth because we felt it was only fitting. Yeah. That we did, but there were the only two attractions that we did in in that uh, in the three days. Um, we had an absolutely lovely time. I spent a long time looking around the hotels, the park, and just looking at more more about the actual park itself 
you know, like the little details you don't really pay attention to. And um, but it, we just had a really nice time, and she loved it's a small world. So that kind of made my trip. And we saw Dreams, which was as good as it ever was. Saw the uh, Halloween uh, Cavalcade, which was um, interesting. Um, I recorded video of it, but it's only three floats long. So it's not a particularly <laughs> long ride, I've got to say. <laughs> you, got, you got it on Vine. <laughs> I could I could have probably put it on Vine, actually. It lasts a little bit longer than seven seconds. But um, yeah, it didn't, didn't last very long at all. Um, but um, yeah, my only, my only real gripe I had this time going to Disneyland Paris um, was the shops, really. Um, now, I don't know about you guys, but what I used to like about going to places like Disney Village was, um, although you had like four or five shops in that little bit, they all kind of had different things. They all kind of things to different um, types of merchandise. A different stock, yeah. Yeah, but I just found on this trip that nearly all the shops were the same. Like, you you walk from shop to shop and pretty much, you know, you'd walk two shops down and then you'd start seeing the same stuff again. And this was the first trip I went on with the World of Disney Store being opened because it was um, being built still the last time I went. Um, and it was a massive disappointment, I've got to say. Like a lovely shop in itself, but there was nothing unique in there at all. Um, and I don't know, I just felt they were, they were kind of missing a trick a little bit. Um, I think this is probably the, the least amount of money I've spent in, in Disney on any trip on merchandise. I was quite disappointed. Um, so, yeah, really, my, my, my soapbox this week is just Euro Disney merchandisers. Um, please buy more stuff and please buy more unique stuff and please think about how your shops are themed because I think it's important you know we got bored of going in the shops in the end and that, that should never happen you should always be looking forward to going in the different shops but yeah we were really disappointed so um, that's, that's really what's made me mad but on the flip side of that there were a couple of things which were really good, and I feel it's only right to share this information um, than let it go to waste. The first one is Disney Art On Demand. Now, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, didn't we? That this has been launched. Um, but it's now available in the gallery shop in Disney Village, which I'm sure everyone's aware of. It's the only shopping property that does it. Um, but... It's, uh, it's quite reasonable, I think. We bought two posters. We bought uh, a Phantom Manor attraction poster and one for Katie's Corner as well. Um, and I think I got the medium-sized, just, just poster prints, really. Um, I think they worked out about 26 euros or so, something like that. Um, but the shipping for both posters was only 7 euros. I didn't think it was too bad, really. That's right. Um, and we ordered them on the the Wednesday afternoon before we departed the park, and they turned up on Saturday. So it took just yeah. over a week to get there. Um, sent track by Royal Mail as well, so no skimping. Um, and the quality of them was really good. So in that regard, I was impressed. The other thing as well, and we realised this too late, was uh, there's a lot of, at the moment of um, 
Haunted Mansion, Stroke Phantom Manor merchandise in the parks, obviously, because it's Halloween and stuff. But I know they did a big push in at the moment because it's coming up to an anniversary. We bought from Disney World some coasters of tombstones from the attraction, which are really cool. And when we was at Disneyland Paris, we saw they had them there. was like, oh, if only we knew, we'd have bought them from here instead. But what's important to know, this is one telling everyone, the ones in Disneyland Paris actually relate to Phantom Manor and not the Haunted Mansion. So they're completely different, uh, which is good because the the Haunted Mansion ones don't really fit with (laughs) the Paris attraction. But, um, yeah, they are different. So if anyone's thinking about buying them for America versus here, buy the Paris ones because they are Phantom Manor rather than Haunted Mansion. So I would say that. So uh, that's it, really. Not much of a rent, but one anyway. Um, I did. I was going to tell you about a really bad meal I had, but um, you, didn't I, go, you didn't go in the Blue Lagoon, did you? Oh no, 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 no. no we actually went to the um, the Plaza Gardens. Okay. Now, on the last trip I went on, we went there twice. It was so good, and uh, we was looking forward to going there the first night we was there, and and and, and the everything. buffet. The buffet, yes. Yeah. Um, and it was horrendous. Really? The food was terrible. Now, the reason we went twice last time was because the food was so good. The food was terrible. And I know people are, are, that probably haven't been there thinking, well, it's a buffet, what do you expect? But actually, the buffets in Disneyland Paris are really good. I've never been, until this trip, I've never been to a bad one. The food is always of a, a very good quality compared to your local Chinese cheap and easy thing. Um, and it reflects in the cost, really, because they're not cheap. About 25 euros or whatever ahead, um, but um, yeah, the, the food was so bad I, I complained. And at first, they just kind of took my comments and board until I pushed it a bit further. And in the end, we did get our money back, which um, so it did, it did soften the blow a lot. And they were very apologetic and said that they had some new chefs on, and, you know, the, the usual kind of stuff. But it was very bad compared to what it has been. And um, on the first night, it was not a good start, but as I said they they compensated, so it made it more uh, tolerable in the end. And that was my only bad dining experience there, so I can't really complain too much. Not a massive rant all round, then. No, I mean that was it. I was all prepared for one, but really that was the only thing that annoyed me the most was the merchant, the poor merchandise they had. Oh. And I'm not, and I didn't even get to mention the volumation, so you know, look at that. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yeah, can't argue with that. It's uh, it's not as bad as everyone makes out. But thank you. Nick. Um, okay. Well, uh, we're approaching time, gentlemen. Please, let's do the remind people who we are and where they can find us from thing. So, of course, they can visit our website at www.disafterdark.com or email us at podcast at disafterdark.com. And we're still on Twitter at disafterdark. Also on Facebook facebook.com forward slash disafterdark youtube under disafterdark podcast instagram vine uh, bebo myspace uh, and micechat.com as i mentioned and, and brent, brent yep do your thing uh, you can get my stuff over at from screen to theme.com and you can follow me on twitter and instagram brent dodge fantastic and uh, yes do you ever hand your photo your uh, phone to anyone else to take photographs of you in costume on, in- on instagram because that's where people will see it um, <laughs> i i have few 
<laughs> Excellent. Uh, no, in that case, uh, thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining us again. And Great. thank you very much, dear listener. Yeah, some feedback would be nice. Uh, yeah, we've had a, we've had a few uh, we've had a few reviews come up on the UK iTunes. Well, we we need some feedback on the American iTunes still. Yes, please. So uh, you know, the the usual rule applies: you give us five stars, and we give you a name check because that's all we can afford. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, uh, Millerpool FC five star, love it. Great features in for you. Keeps me going while I'm working night shifts. Uh, uh, much love from YT1974. Uh, I have no idea if that's a race thing or some bloke called Mr. White. Uh, Nick Rocks, Paul Rocks, the other Paul Rocks, and the pub singer Rocks. So, uh, yeah. I'll take that for a dollar. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Princess Minx, brilliant host guests. Thanks, five star. Uh, and from someone called The Old Nana, pub singer makes me laugh so hard. He's getting some feedback. Yeah. He's a, he's a new addition in the last four shows, and he's had more feedback than we have. To be honest, I think I'd rather listen to him than me, so... <laughs> we, perhaps, perhaps like April the 1st next year, we'll do a special specialist show where the pub singer can come on and, and give us a bit of a rant. <laughs> can you imagine an hour of the, of the pub singer hosting? The most uh. unaudible hour of your life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like the last show I put out before I had to recorrect my audio, you mean? <laughs> Touche. Touche. <laughs> uh, but thank you for that. Keep them coming. Um... We will see you in a fortnight's time. Thank you again, Brent, for joining us. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, Brent. Thank you for having me, guys. <laughs> no it's been a blast, and uh, you'll be welcome back at any time the pub doors are open. When your next book comes up, Liberty Square, <laughs> come back then, if not Sounds before. Good. <laughs> uh, dear, I was about to click the wrong one there. Thank you very much. We shall see you in a fortnight's time. See Bye. you, guys. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. Dis After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Nice beaver. Thank you. <laughs> I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. And we're out. <laughs>